Hi, it's dating coach Chris Luna from Craft Charisma. Welcome to the Craft Charisma podcast, our free audio coaching program where we interview the top experts in the world at helping you become the man you've always wanted to be. My guest today is Joe DeSena. Joe is a world-class adventure racer and the founder and CEO of Spartan Race, the world's leading obstacle racing company. He is the host of the Spartan Up podcast and the executive producer of the NBC television show, Spartan, Ultimate Team Challenge. Joe is also a two-time New York Times bestselling author. He wrote the book Spartan Up and Spartan Fit, and he also has a new book called The Spartan Way, which I can't wait to read. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. Can you talk a little bit about your background and how you got into the world of fitness and ultra endurance? Yeah, sure. So I grew up in um, Queens, New York, and in a in a pretty rugged neighborhood that was um, inundated with organized crime for some reason. If you saw the movie Goodfellas, I basically grew up at ground zero there. And um, my mother, my mother finds uh, health and wellness in like 1972. She walks into a health food store and meets a yogi who had just landed from India. Uh, had come in through JFK Airport, stopped in the health food store at the same time my mother did. They meet each other, and she starts learning about being a vegan and meditation and yoga. And she comes home and starts to instill this new philosophy at our house. Well, as you can imagine, it doesn't go so well. But but over time, over you know the ensuing twenty years, she she pushed on my sister and I. Um, these ideas of, of uh, how powerful the mind is and how far the human body can go um, if you put your mind to it and how important it is to eat healthy, and how important it is to meditate. So at a very young age, she instilled all that uh, in my mind and my sister's mind. And then um, I was still like any young person growing up in Queens or Brooklyn, very interested in making money. So I found myself on Wall Street and while I was in Wall Street, I was making I was making money, I was achieving my goals, but I didn't feel great. And so I quickly went back to that toolbox that my mother had given me and started uh, reinvestigating all those things. Yoga, um, becoming vegan. I actually I went completely raw for a while, just raw fruits and veggies, um, meditating, and uh, and adventure racing because I wanted to get back in touch with nature and the earth and myself. And I started just doing races all around the world. And so, um, yeah, that's it. That's it in a nutshell. Yeah. It's an awesome story. And I want to get into the development of the races and your books and, and some of these things that you've accomplished, because I think they're awesome. But you talked about your mom's influence on you and the rediscovery of health and wellness. How has that rediscovery affected your life? Well, it's been it's been extremely positive. I mean, anytime you can take care of your body, um, it's going to help take care of your mind because your mind sits inside your body. So, so eating healthier and 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 sweating more and being more flexible and mobile are all the things. Uh, you know, again, I've been around for forty plus years, and and when you uh, create a practice, a personal practice around those things. Uh, everything performs better, everything in your life. So yeah, it's been nothing but upside. 
when you wake up in the morning, what, what is your practice like? I mean, maybe you could follow us through. Is this something that you do every day? Is it something you do every other day? Like when do you meditate? I mean, basically what I'm trying to do is make some of the things that you're talking about, this tool set accessible to people who are listening to this, who might not have had the benefit of growing up with a mom who is hyper aware of these tool sets. Sure. So when I wake up in the morning, first thing I do before anything is try to drink, you know, 10, 12 ounces of room temperature water as fast as I can. And that flushes, the concept is that flushes out all the toxins. Your body's going through dialysis at night and just filtering the blood. And so you want to try to flush out the system. From there, I am religious. It is non-negotiable for me to work out. I've got to start the engine and sweat every morning. And, and my workouts are body weight uh, focused. Um, most of the time includes a little bit of a run, um, but always includes mobility and flexibility exercises. So there's 15 exercises that I do every single day. Um, the burpee is one of them. I do lots of burpees, um, but I'm very focused on, on bridges, on bow pose, pigeon, um, you name it. I am, I am making sure that I am more flexible and mobile when I'm done working out than when I started. Uh, once done with that, it's an ice cold shower. I've been taking ice cold showers again for at least 35 years. Um, they always suck. Um, and then from there, it's, it's off to work. Um, my meditation, I meditate when I run. I'll, I'll run um, mostly short distances during the week. But if I go on a long distance run, I, I get into a zone, as most people do. But I also meditate at night before I go to bed. And um, for me, it helps just um, eradicate, you know, get everything out of my head that's been scrambled up and messy all day. And, and then I pass out. I literally go from meditation to, to sleeping. So that's, that's my daily routine. It's like Groundhog Day. I do it every day over and over. Okay, cool. I want to dig into this stuff a little bit. I think this is awesome. Um, you said that you work out with body weight. You do about 15 exercises. Is there somewhere that somebody could find these exercises if they want to try your program? You know, I don't know if I formally have these exercises anywhere, but you and I uh, should make a point to chase me down and I'll, um, I'll create something because a lot of people ask me and um, I, will, I will absolutely do that. I'll create something that you could showcase. That, that would be awesome. And we'll put a link in the podcast so that we can link back to it and people can easily find it. How long does, does this workout usually consist of? It depends on um, how motivated I am. <laughs> um, the other day, I had missed my morning routine because I had to get up at 4 a.m. and get in the car and, and go somewhere. And at, at 10 a.m., I had an hour. Well, I probably had a 40-minute break. And um, by the time I got going in this location where I was between meetings, I was able to get it done probably in like 37 minutes. And... Um, and then there are other times where it takes me an hour and 15. It really just depends. You know, I, I end up cheating sometimes and going over to my computer and doing a few emails between each, uh, each set. But, um, but most cases, this morning I just banged it out and it was probably 40, 40 plus minutes. Why an ice cold shower? You know, um, there's a lot of science now. There wasn't, there wasn't back when, when I started it that, um, 
it actually helps reconnect um, the brain and the body. And, you know, if, if you look up uh, our buddy there, um, Wim Hof, he's, he's a big believer um, that science has proven that when we're born, we've got a layer of brown fat and that fat dissipates because we live in these environments that are climate controlled and, um, and it'd be healthier if, if we had it back. So there's a lot of scientific benefits to taking cold showers, but, but the reality is uh, physically, you know, it sucks during, but I come out of there supercharged, ready to tackle the world. And I'm also a big believer in changing your frame of reference, you know, the, the glasses that you wear through life and so there's a construction job going on down below us so you might might hear a, a drill every once in a while but um that frame of reference can be changed through manufacturing some adversity in your life and so although it sounds silly but a cold shower a bunch of burpees a 20 mile run um taking the stairs instead of the elevator I try to do that every day, every chance I get. So by manufacturing adversity in my life, the cold showers and such, um, when the hard times hit during the day, and you're always going to get some bad news during the day, everybody does, um, I'm able to reflect back on a more painful experience. And all of a sudden, the thing I'm dealing with, the obstacle I'm dealing with at that moment, is less of a big deal. And so I think it's really important for people to get out of their comfort zones and experience some tough times because it makes um, it makes the, the regular daily obstacles that much easier to deal with, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. What would be an example of a painful experience you might reference back to? Would it be working out or would it be something else? Oh, I'll say to myself in the middle of dealing with a payroll issue or employee issue or a customer, you know, whatever the issue is I'm dealing with. Um, I'll say to myself, well, at least I'm not doing 300 burpees right now, or well, I'm not in a nice cold shower, or I'm not running across the Mojave Desert, right? So I'm able to reference back truly tough times that, that suck, um, and, and it just makes whatever you're dealing with that much easier. So I think, I think everybody needs to test themselves, and, and you know, it, that word integrity is awesome, right, because when it refers to the integrity of, of a structure, of a building, let's say, they stress test the, the steel, they stress test the building. And, and so we all need to stress test ourselves and, and find out um, how we do in those situations. And then we have a reference point to apply for when you know it really gets windy and snowy and cold. When you are on your run, you said you meditate for people who don't meditate, what, what does that mean? Are you not thinking? Are you focused on your breath? Are you thinking about something specific? What are you doing when you're meditating on your runs? Well, the reason people have such a tough time meditating is um, we have monkey brain, right? Our, our brain is racing. We're thinking about all these things. And what I found um, at a young age was I can get the monkey tired, right? That, that proverbial monkey in our brain, I can get it tired to, to the point where it passes out. And then, and then my brain is clear. And, and that'll happen on a long run. That'll help happen on a big workout. Um, and, and if, I, if I'm not working out and I'm just laying down, I'm, then, then you're really working to keep everything out of your mind and just focus, right, on whether it's a word or whatever you're focused on. And, um, and so for me, it's, it's, it's actually easier. It's cheating a little bit when I exercise because 
again, I, everything just escapes and I'm just on my breath. I'm on my heartbeat. I, I tend not to have music with me. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, it's just, it's just complete clarity. It's awesome. Awesome. You said you do short runs or moderate runs and then you do long distance. What, what does that mean for you? So a short run, like like um, yesterday, for example, I, I did my workout, the, the workout I described to you, and then I said, you know what, I'm going to do um, a minute on the treadmill, and then I'll do five burpees, and I'll do another minute on the treadmill, then I'll do five pull-ups, and I'll do, you know, 20 rounds. And um, and so it wasn't very far. It, it, it was only, uh, it was less than 20 minutes of running, because, or yeah, it was less than 20 minutes of running, or maybe just, just around 20 minutes of running. And I mean, that's what I'll do during the week, something like that. I'll put it on full incline, the treadmill, or I'll go run a hill outside, but typically one to three miles. Uh, and then if I decide to run on a weekend, if I'm doing something big, it could be, you know, 20 miles, 25 miles. It's very slow. Um, I typically like to carry weight with me. Um, and, you know, I'm not a fast runner, but, I, but I'm, I'm out there um, to suffer uh, a little bit. And I, you know, I, I like to be always in shape to be able to run 50 miles if, if I had to. Uh, I'm not going to break any records. I'm not going to win the race. But um, I pretty much can go and do 50 miles at any time. And then you said you meditate at the end of the day. Are you using guided meditations or is it, do you just sort of sit down and, and sort of guide yourself? How do you, what is your process? I just guide myself. I just completely clear my brain and I just focus on my breath and, and, and the light and, um, the light that I can see, you know, in, in my head. And, uh, and that's it. And I probably only last at most eight to 10 minutes and I'm passed out usually. One of the things I was thinking about as, as you were sharing your rituals, how has building your mind and your body affected your ability to build other aspects of your life, your business life, your personal relationships? I'm, I'm curious how it's affected it. Well, I don't, I don't see, I mean, if you wanted to be in the Olympics, you're going to treat your body and your mind and your nutrition um, the same way a business person would treat their finances or a race car driver would treat their car. So, I don't see how you expect to be successful in any aspect of your life if you're not really taking care of, of, of the most important machine, which is which is your body and your, and your mind, right? And so it's had a profound effect on me. I would not be able to uh, have this. I wouldn't have the stamina, the patience, the ability to uh, build a, a business in 41 countries with a million participants a year, um, if I wasn't in tip top shape. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, and I don't, I don't, I don't know how it always uh, confounds me when I see a, a business person that has such tremendous success and is not taking care of themselves. They, they'd be exponentially better at, at their craft. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's awesome advice. And I hope that people are listening to this can use what you're describing as a model or use your you as a model or find a model to sort of build the same foundation because I think it's awesome. I also want to switch gears. In your books, you distinguish between endurance and strength and athleticism. Can you explain what each of these entail and why it's important for people to develop these three skills? Yeah, you know, I, I, um, I've done a lot of races over the years. And so if you get to the starting line of a marathon, 
and you look at that body type or you get the starting line of a cycling race and you look at that body type, I was just always intrigued with the body type of a Spartan, right? That's just all around um, athletic, right? Upper body's uh, proportionate to the lower body. They've got the ability to go out and run, like I said, 40 or 50 miles if they had to. They can climb over a wall. They can crawl. They can jump. And so, um, but I'm, I'm fascinated by a complete, um, a complete body. And, and, and to achieve that, you've got you've to be athletic. You've got to have some strength. And you certainly have to have stamina. So it's the whole package. And I think most of us out there listening, you get focused in one discipline and, um, you know, I, listen, I love CrossFit. I, I love a bunch of these things, but, but they're not the be-all, end-all. Um, you've got you've to mix it up. You've got to be um, really well-rounded and, and, and study all those components because, um, because that's what the body was designed to do. Dating coach Chris Luna here. This is the perfect time to take a quick break to talk to you about three simple things that you can do to dramatically change your life. First, listen to this entire podcast and then subscribe through SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher. This way you'll immediately be notified every time we share a new release. If you listen and apply the ideas we discuss on these podcasts, it will change your life forever. Second, go to craftchristmas.com, create an account, and become a member of our community. There you can read articles, listen to podcasts, watch videos, ask us questions, and document your journey in our forums. Great men don't become great on their own. All great men are members of a community, and Craft Charisma is your community. Finally, if you're serious, and I know that you are, about making massive changes to your life as quickly as possible, check out our live coaching programs on our website, Craft Charisma Live programs are the fastest way to improve your dating and social life. And who knows? Attend our live programs, let us get to know you, and you may end up as a member of the Craft Charisma team. Again, thank you for listening. Now back to the podcast. I'm curious, who are some of the models that you use in your life? Um, are there people that you try to model yourself after or, or try to model aspects of their life from? I have a couple of, I, I always... Um... I was always attracted to older folks because they could teach me. Um, I figured they had made the mistakes already. And so I've got a couple of, um, we'll call them rabbis, um, that have been really helpful for me over 20, 25 years. And, uh, they're super successful. Uh, they take care of themselves. You, you wouldn't know them. They've just become like my personal board of directors. Everybody should have a little personal board of directors. Um, outside of that, famous people, I love Shackleton. I love, I love his story. Um, I love Ed Visters, a climber. I love um, his philosophy that getting to the top of the mountain is optional. Getting down is mandatory. It's so hard for people that are type A personalities to know when to pivot, when to quit. Um, and that, that, that statement helps guide that a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, those, those, are, the, those are the big ones um, for me. I mean, I think that's great, right? Like all of us can find mentors and the people around us. There's people in our community. They don't have to be famous that we can reach out and connect with and they can guide us. What are some of the things that you learned from these older folks that you talk to? Um, they basically guided me in business. They guided me in life. There was a point where I wanted to quit college because I was building my own business. They, 
They uh, recommended I stay, forced me to stay. You know, they've even pushed on on, on the diet and the workout thing because, again, uh, they're both in their 80s now, actually, not 70, in their 80s. And, um, and so when you're talking to people that are older that you connect with, um, they can kind of tell you and guide you as, you know, where it's going. It's going to happen to you, right? Uh, they, you lose your flexibility over time. Um, you lose the ability to process as much food as you, as you did when you were a kid. And, and, you know, your metabolism slows down. So you start to see this deterioration. Um, and, and then you can put some preventative measures in place. That's why I'm so crazy about mobility and flexibility. Because when I see, um, when I see these guys and they can't even walk with a full stride anymore and they're telling you just like they would if they were, um, your buddy and your same age, like shit, I used to be able to walk just like you. I don't know. Well, of course, right? You, your muscles start to tighten over the years if you don't take care of them and keep things uh, maintained. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's been awesome to, uh, get that future view of where, where we're all going and, and be able to take some steps, um, to hopefully get there a little more gracefully. The big one uh, these guys taught me is uh, health span is rather than lifespan. Health span is this idea that like you want to be healthy and then drop dead, right? You don't want to, you don't want to be healthy and then get sick and be in a hospital for 15 years and then drop dead. So you, you, you really want to stay healthy right to the end. I had this conversation with a buddy of mine yesterday. I said, you know, I ride my bike or skateboard or I'm active every day and I want to be able to do that until I die. <laughs> so if I'm 85 and I can still skateboard and ride my bike and, and run and then I die the next day, I'm fine. I just like, I, I don't want to lose those abilities. So I, I definitely hear you. I think, or going back to how you develop these connections. I think a lot of the guys who are listening to this, I mean, there's some gals listening to this too, but I know, especially for the guys and the younger guys, oftentimes when they're sort of coming up, there's this sort of ego evolve, especially if they have stronger uh, type A personalities and they don't want to ask for help. How did you get over that? Was that an issue for you when you approached some of these people for the first time or built that connection? How, how did that grow into a mentor relationship? Do you just sort of hang out with these people? Did you come to them looking for advice? I'm curious. I, I never acted that way. Like, um, I think men in general, uh, they've done studies typically won't ask for directions because their ego gets in the way just as a, as one example to what you're describing. And I, I yeah, I, like for me and everybody listening, the goal should be the goal and you just got to get there. And so that means if you've got to ask somebody who like ego is irrelevant, like shouldn't even matter. Um, just getting to the goal matters right and so if you got to ask for help um if you got to whatever you have to do uh, as long as it's not illegal and it's ethical you got to do it so uh, that that sounds to me like um we're, we're purposely throwing obstacles in the way when you're setting goals i mean you've mentioned that a few times now when you're setting goals what is that process for you like big stretch goals um, I try to, I try to achieve things that are going to be hardest, um, for the most hardened, uh, individual. And then, and then if I get close, I still achieve something great. So 
Yeah, I mean, every every night I'm I'm thinking about what are the three big things I got to get done tomorrow, and then um, every year I'm laying out um, what are the three big things I'm going to get done this year, and uh, and then I just go after it. And I'm like a pit bull. I'm not stopping until we till we hit the goal. Can you share some of those past goals with us, or even potentially future goals? Yeah, I mean, a lot of them. Uh, I mean, one was. Uh, Meeting my wife and 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 having having our children. Originally, we wanted seven, but we have four. And um, uh, met her, convinced her to marry me, and and uh, now we have four kids, four healthy children. So that was a big one um, that I that I had set out uh, to achieve. I I was really focused on business um, for a while. Like I said, I was on Wall Street, and so um, but there was a moment where I said, you know what, I want to have family. I want to I want to meet uh, my wife and. You know, if you focus on anything, you get it done. That was a big one. Um, building Spartan um, was a big one. And every every year we've got like, I want to get in the Olympics is a big stretch goal. That's that's a five-year goal, right? Um, getting into 41 countries was uh, our goal for 2017. Um, one of the big one of the big goals. Uh, certain profitability, you know, trying to get to become profitable. <laughs> I, I ran this business. For, for many years uh, unprofitably, so that was a that was a big goal. And and if you lay them out and you look at them every day and you repeat them and you tell people what your goals are, you'll achieve them. But you got you got to put it out there. And you know one of my favorite stories is um, have you ever read the blog? Will it, will it make the boat go faster? No, but I'll have to check it out. So i'll screw the, the facts up a little bit but I, I think it was like 1988-ish um maybe 98 um uk rowing team was trying to win an olympic gold and there was no chance they couldn't beat the australians let's say again i might screw up the facts on, on who the teams were and the uk rowing coach says to his you know his um racers listen the next 18 months Here's our goal. We're going for gold. And the way we're going to do it is we're going to ask ourselves, with every decision we make, will it make the boat go faster? Hey, guys, let's go out to the movies tonight. Take a break. Question is, will it make the boat go faster? Answer is no. We're not going to the movies. Hey, guys, let's go have some ice cream. We worked hard today. Will it make the boat go faster? No, we're not having ice cream. And literally, that is what they ask themselves all day, every day for 18 months. Sure enough, they go out and win the gold. And so my point is, um, you lay out your goals, um, and then you do, you make sure the things you're doing on a daily, weekly, monthly basis are, are leading you to achieve that goal. Otherwise, you should not be surprised when you don't achieve them. I mean, it's awesome because we're living in a world where, I, at least I feel like, people and things are constantly screaming at us, whether it's uh, our emails dinging. I know I've heard that from you a few times, uh, or the drill downstairs or what somebody walks into your office. There's just like constantly things that are pulling on your attention. And, and I like this because it allows you to really focus in on something simple, right? And it leads you closer to that desired outcome. It narrows things down, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. You have a book coming out. Can you talk about sort of your idea for the book and some of the things that you wanted to explore and accomplish by writing it? Well, I always had, I always had the, the content of the book, um, the first book in my head, and I just wanted to, you know, throw it up on a page 
a bunch of pages and um and the opportunity came up when, when we had spartan and the opportunity came up for me to sit and and type and work on it and um it's hard to write a book um it's a lot of work and you never feel like you're done you never feel like it's ready um and then you got to get people to read it <laughs> so it, it was hard but we, we we got lucky we we uh we, new york times best seller list and then they asked us to do another one so i did another one uh, called spartan fit first one was spartan up and that made new york times bestseller list. so um so we're doing a third book called the spartan way and and it's really about the stuff we're talking about here which is um you know what are the principles you should put in place in your life and really hone in on um to help achieve uh success no matter how you define success I'm thinking about chapters. Oftentimes, a book's organized in sort of different sections. What were, and I'm assuming it's probably somehow correlated to these principles. I'm curious if that's true, and what what are some of the principles? We may have already discussed some of them, but what are some of the principles that you you laid out in this book? Yeah, these are age old principles. There's not there's no rocket science um, here. The, people have to do the work, right? There's not a pill. Um, it's funny, you know, people listen to podcasts, they, they read books, including me, and you think it's going to be transformative, but unfortunately, you got to actually do the work to, to be transformed. It's, it's not enough just to be like a, a bystander. Um, but with, with that said, uh, the first principle we, we push is, um, is knowing your true north. Because if you, if you don't know where you're going, um, you're definitely not going to get there. And so you you got to sit down, and this is a very hard exercise, and you got to figure out, like, what's your thing? What what are you on earth for? And and it can change throughout your life. You know, it might be a decade where it's one thing. For me, I really wanted to make money and build a business. Um, and then it changed, and I really wanted to build a family. And so that was a, you know, a 10-year uh, focus. Obviously, I'm still very focused on my family. And then, and then it became, you know what, I want to change 100 million lives. So, but you got to figure out what it is because if, if you figure it out, it acts like a magnet and it pulls you through life rather than you, you kind of pushing and, and feeling like you're always struggling to get ahead. Um, another one is commitment. So, so, you know, once you know what you're here for, what you're doing, you got to commit, but you got to commit in a big way, the kind of commitment, um, you know, that a surfer makes <laughs> when he gets on a, a 20 foot wave or a mountain climber makes uh, in 30 below temperatures and, and uh, you know, near the stomach, right? Like you gotta, if you want to achieve something, you've gotta, you've gotta commit, you gotta do it publicly. Um, you gotta be able to delay gratification. You, you, you gotta put off the cookie and you gotta put off hitting the snooze button. So anyway, there, there's time tested age old principles that are, that are very simplistic. Um, there are stories attached to them. And it's like, if you nail these, you nail life. It's that simple. Yeah, I think these are awesome. Can you go through a couple more? You, you want me to give you the whole book? I can't give you the whole book. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> Try to get as much for our, our uh, audience as possible. Listen, anybody who wants the book, I'll send them a free book. I don't care about that. Um, and, and, um, and anybody who – I told you about Iceland. Iceland is our world championship in December. It's a crazy race, but much to what I was just saying, it, if you want to turn iron into steel, right, you got to heat it, you got to pound it, and you got to drown it. Um, if you want to transform 
your life, you've got to go through a similar process. And I would say Iceland, um, if, if folks want to come out, it's an expensive ticket. It's like $750 to get into the race, but I'm happy to give you a bunch of entries um, for your listeners if you want. Come out to Iceland and be transformed. Turn, turn iron into steel. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I want you to talk a little bit about the race, right? You guys have a lot of followers and, and have a pretty big sphere of influence. But if someone's listening to this and they're not familiar with the race, what can you tell them about it so that they have context? Yeah, so basically it's a military-inspired obstacle race. And so that means you're going to crawl under barbed wire, climb over walls, climb ropes, drag things. You're going to work your entire mind, body, and spirit. And in Iceland in December, um, it's cold and it's dark, but it's my 50th birthday. And so we're going to have a, a party at the Blue Lagoon afterwards. And, um, and so I'm just inviting everybody, everybody to come out to this thing and, and experience this transformation. It's a six-mile course, but it goes for 24 hours. So folks um, can go around, you know, one lap, 20 laps, whatever, whatever you can get in in uh in 24 hours so i'm i'm gonna be there i'm psyched i'm gonna bring the family and uh and i want a bunch of people to come along how do you suggest somebody train for a race like this um uh, check into a prison maybe and just get beat. <laughs> <laughs> no i'm kidding but um we have lots of training programs out there but it's it's a lot simpler than you think if you if you did, um, and I'm going to get you my mobility and flexibility workout that I do daily, but if you did some pull-ups, even if you can't do pull-ups, do the best you can, and you did um, burpees, and you did a little bit of a run-walk every day, um, slowly increasing from, let's say, let's say you started with a mile every day, and you did, let's say, uh, 30 burpees and 30 of the best pull-ups you can get done, and you worked your way up to like call it five miles and let's say 60 pull-ups and 60 burpees, you, you'd be ready for the event. You're going to struggle. You're not going to win, but you'd get through it. I know that you're, you have some time constraints, so uh, I'll wrap this up, but hopefully we can get you to come back another time. We definitely want to get that workout that you have. And uh, if somebody's listening and they're interested in going to Iceland, they can reach out. Uh, I guess they can reach out to me. So reach out to us through the website and we're going to put some links in on the craft Christmas website in the description of this podcast. So people can find out about you more easily and about uh, Spartan race more easily and everything you're doing in your books. Uh, super happy to have you on the show and want to thank you for coming on. Awesome. Thank you, sir. It's dating coach Chris Thona here. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And we absolutely love making this podcast. We make this podcast for you. So if there's somebody that you want on the show, let me know. I will yell, scream, stand in front of their house, do everything I do to get them on the show for you. Also, don't hesitate to follow the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes and Stitcher. You can also give us a shout out through social media, Facebook, Twitter, share it with your friends. And lastly, Go to the Craft Christmas website and create an account. There you can talk about the podcast and communicate with me directly. So thank you again for taking time to listen. You will hear again from me soon.